Well, good morning. Thank you all for being here today. I hope and pray you had a, a good week. Yeah. Oh, it doesn't. It definitely has been a good one. Um, you know, there's a lot of a lot of new things starting. You know, Crossroads started this last week, and we'll be starting our our youth club and then our our kids club. Um, this is. Please pray for all these different events. Uh, we had pretty good response on on Simla Day, and that that was a hoot too. I, Jay, I really enjoyed seeing a flight for life helicopter that up close. That was amazing. That was that was really cool. Too close. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. No. Uh, yeah, like that is cool. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> not yeah, not like that. Yeah, yeah. No, no repeat customers here. So. Um, uh, and then on those events, join us as you can. You know, uh, we uh, definitely hope and pray for, for kids to come tonight and then on Tuesday as well. Uh, it'll, be, it'll be fun. Uh, you know, as, as I was thinking upon the, the verses we'll be in today in the Gospel of John, I, you know, I thought about how we, how we see. You know, we, we see by, by light, right? You know, it, it, light shines, it, it reflects on an object, and it enters our... Our, yeah, I googled it and it's it's all complicated, but we don't have to go through all of it. But it enters our eyes and we we see. We may not even think about that, and we may uh, not even think about you know the sun or think about the light bulbs in our house until they go out, and then we have to find the replacement ones rummaging through the closet, right? And I got I got to do that this week, so this was a a good illustration. And then we get to stand on a stool or chair and uh, and uh, yeah, uh, try not to fall. <laughs> and I didn't, so that was good, right? <laughs> but it was fun. You know, we uh, this is how we see in our world today, right? We uh, we we see by light balls, by the sun, and you know. But what about spiritually? How do we how do we see there? You know, is it just a, a shot in the dark, so to say? Is it a guess? Is it about you know a saying here or a word here? Now, have you ever taken out the trash after dark in Simla? Yeah, I have. Don't don't forget a flashlight. That's the that's the rule of thumb, right? Say what? It's not that bad. He's got night vision goggles. Right? <laughs> You know, the, the routine is, you know, sometimes I forget. Uh, so I grab my flashlight, I take out the trash. It is difficult out there to uh, see anything without a light. And searching for a trash can with one would be really hard. Um, but thinking about it like, like oh, I, I'm religious or I'm not religious, I'm just spiritual. You know, those sayings go around. It's like seeking God without a light. It's like groping in the dark or guessing. Uh, with a with a feeling or or something, where the light is is the revelation of God. Whereas uh, God is revealing Himself because He has disclosed Himself to humanity. Second uh, Timothy three sixteen and seventeen says this: All Scripture is breathed out by God, and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete 
equipped for every good work. Now it is the scripture, right? It is the, it is the breathed out word of God that shows us who we are. It's, a, it's alive and piercing, right? It shows us who we are, that we are sinners, and it tells us what we need, which is salvation. And it tells us of the Savior. And today in the text of John, we see that the Savior has come. He has come to be that light, that light to a very blind world, a world that needs to come to believe in him. Let's uh, start with a a word of prayer. Father God, we... Thank you for today. Thank you for just this time to gather together and study your word and and sing, sing to you and and know that there's amazing grace here in your Son, and that we can we can take of the bread of life and we can eat, we can take of the living water and we can drink and we can hunger and thirst no more. We can know who we are. We can know who you are, Lord, and what you have done for us upon the cross. I thank you for this time together, and I just pray that as we open up your word, that you would you would lead us, Lord. That you would conform us, transform us. That you would mold us by your word. That you would show us how to live for you. Lord, thank you for a good week. Uh, you know, just thinking back to Simla Day and everything else that took place this last week. It was it was a busy one, but you know, just thank you for that week. Thank you for getting us through it. And Lord, as we prepare for another week ahead, prepare us, Lord, that we may walk in the good works that you have before us. And in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, please uh, open up your Bibles with me to John chapter twelve. In John chapter 12, we will be in verses uh, 27 through uh, 36a, actually, today, and then more. <laughs> I will read this first. Uh, John, John records this. Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven, I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd that stood there and heard it said that it had thundered. Others said, an angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered, this voice has come for your sake, not for mine. Now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. He said this to show by what kind of death he was going to die. So the crowd answered him, We have heard from the law that the Christ remains forever. How can you say the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is the Son of Man? So Jesus said to them, This light is among you for a little while longer. Walk while you have the light. Loose darkness overtake you. The one who walks in the darkness does not know where he is going. While you have the light, believe in the light, that you may become sons of light.
Now, last week, uh, Jesus had spoke of the hour. That death would come. And then he spoke on following Jesus, on following him. We are to hate the world and to love eternal life. Now, Jesus asks a question. Is my soul troubled? Now, he knows what's coming, right? And he asks, what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. And when facing the coming pain with the wrath that is coming, with the death upon the cross, Jesus says this, for this purpose I have come to this hour. The Lord sees all the mocking, all the whipping, all the nails coming. And he knows beyond a shadow of a doubt, it has purpose. And I thought about that. And you know, on the other hand, we don't really think pain has a purpose. It needs to stay away, right? We don't need always see purpose in what we are going through. But Jesus looks at the hour that is coming and he says, Father, glorify your name. Now it comes to, I, I keep on saying that word these last couple of weeks, but it comes to that big word, the vicarious savior. He's the willing savior. So you all want to practice saying that vicarious word? No? I, it's just me, right? It's a, it's a nerd word. <laughs> but you know, but it, he is the willing suffering servant. The death upon the cross, the resurrection of our Lord gives glory to God. It shows the depth of his glory, of his love and his grace and his mercy for us. And Jesus says this, Father, glorify your name. As he says that a voice from heaven comes saying, I have glorified it and I will glorify it again. And from age to age, the name of God is and will be glorified. The Son shows us the glory of God. This is what John wrote in chapter 1, verse 14. And the word of God became, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory as the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. Now this is the incarnation, the grand miracle, right? This is the works and wonders of Jesus. We see the glory of God as the word which was in the beginning was with God and is God took on flesh and dwelt here we see who he is who who God is and and what he does and how he acts so you know in Sunday school we talked about the serving of Jesus and how we are to do likewise you know, as this voice comes from heaven I thought about these verses as well. Please turn in your Bibles with me to Psalm. Uh, Psalm 18 comes up again today. Really like that, the same wavelengths, right? <laughs> but Psalm 18, verses uh, 1 through 3, the psalmist says this, The heavens declare the glory of God. The sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words whose voices, voice is not heard. Now from age to age, from the Messiah to the mountains, from the heights to the depths, 
His handiwork is seen and proclaimed. His, his glory is seen. And that we would be about the glory of God as well. It should be you know, paramount in our lives, asking the question, well, does this or that give glory to God? After this event, of course, we see this throughout John, the crowd is split. Once again, one side saying, it, it, it thundered, that's all. Um, um, excuse me. And the other side saying, angels spoke to him. This is a big deal. He is from God. But yet again, we see a crowd split in the Gospel of John as this voice of heaven speaks from heaven speaks. And was it natural? Did something just thunder? Or was it a voice of an angel? You know, when, when miracles happen throughout the Gospels, we see a split. I, I thought back to the blind man in John chapter 9. You, know, you look back there and, and it's, you know, the neighbors saw the man be, you know, he had been healed and, and they, they wondered if that was even their neighbor, right? It was like, wait, that's, it kind of looks like him, but maybe, maybe it's not him. The leadership, in fact, even tried questioning the parents and even accusing them to the fact of hiding the truth that their son wasn't born blind. I, I love that. It's like, oh, we're going to go this far instead. Um, because they could not accept, they couldn't accept that Jesus was from God, that Jesus was God himself. Oh, miracles and the wonders were signs. Signs of who Jesus was and is. The author of Hebrews says it like this. How shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? It was declared first by the Lord. It was attested to us by those who heard, while God also bore witnesses by signs and wonders and various miracles, by the gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. Now, Hebrews is, is written to those that are pretty much thinking about retreating back into their Jewish faith. They're like, eh, you know, this isn't for me. And the author writes a great question for anyone who's thinking or, or saying, you know, whatever to Christ and Christianity. How will we escape if we neglect this salvation? If we don't see who Jesus the Messiah is and what he has done upon the cross for us, we will be lost. So let us look at what is declared by the Lord himself, the teachings, the authority, the wonders of Jesus. And then as we look at those wonders and signs and even the witnesses that proclaim this in the Gospels and in the book of Acts, we see that God is bearing witness so that we would not miss it of who Jesus is. Now, Jesus heard the crowd's statement and answered with this. The voice came for your sake, that they would know who he is, that they would understand what is at stake. Now, see, the, the voice didn't come for the sake of Jesus. No, he, he knows who he is. Jesus goes on saying this, now the judgment has come upon this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. And judgment has come. 
and the ruler, the serpent of old, the devil will be cast out. Jesus brings everything back into place as he comes into a broken world to die upon the cross. He will restore all things. Jesus states this next. <clears throat> and when and I, when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. And the Lord right here tells what kind of death is coming. Crucifixion. At once this happens, all people, all of the earth will be drawn to him, to him. You know, it is interesting as I, as I thought about this, that all, all religions, all cults, and even the occult have to have an opinion about Jesus, right? You know, it's, it's like always on the pamphlet, you know, we believe this and this is what we say about Jesus. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, it's, it's interesting, you know, that even, even as they disagree with orthodoxy, they still have to answer the question, hey, what do you say about him? What do you say about him? Because he has been seen by all. He has made an impact upon the world. You know, the crowds hear what Jesus said and answer him back saying, the Christ is to remain forever. So how can the Son of Man be lifted up? And who is the Son of Man? It is a, a good question, you know. If the Messiah is to rule a forever kingdom, why would he be lifted up? Why would the Messiah, the Jewish king, be counted as a cursed rebel upon a tree? But see, they didn't see the whole picture, that it was to be the cross before the crown. It was to be the light of salvation, blessing all the families of the earth before the kingdom. And Jesus says this, the light is here for a little bit longer. So walk as you have the light or darkness will overtake you. For the one who walks in darkness does not know where they are going. So believe in the light that you may be sons of the light. Now Jesus encourages the crowd, talks with the crowd here. You know, this world is dark and it will overtake you. So believe in the light and become sons of light. For if anyone walks in darkness, they are lost. Can the world figure out its brokenness? Can we overcome what has overtaken us? We in and of ourselves cannot fix the problem, sin and death. Let alone all of the symptoms of the problem, the floods, the famines, the genocides, the wars, the injustices, the murders, the hates, the hate, etc., you know, the solution is not, you know, self-help or inner peace. It's not helping much either. Unplugging doesn't as well. Speaking goods or good, speaking good into life doesn't morph reality. The solution to the reality of our brokenness is rescue. And rescue comes from Jesus, the Messiah, alone. Now, please turn in your Bibles with me to Colossians. Colossians chapter 1. I'll read uh, verses 15 through 20. Paul states this. 
He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Now this is our hope and stay, that Christ, that, that God in the flesh came for us he who made all things, he who upholds the universe in his hand, came to reconcile all things back to himself, to bring peace before God and man at the cross. Well, please uh, turn back in your Bibles with me to John chapter 12. I'll read uh, verses uh, 36b uh, through 43. And John records this. When Jesus had said these things, he departed and hid himself from them. Though he had done many signs before them, they still did not believe in him. So that, they, so that the, sp the word spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Lord, who has come to believe what he has heard from us, and whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore they could not believe for again, Isaiah said, he has blinded their eyes and hardened their heart. At least they see with their eyes and understand with their heart and turn, and I would heal them. Isaiah said these things because he saw his glory and spoke of him. Nevertheless, many even of the authorities believed in him, but for the fear of the Pharisees, they did not confess it. So that they would not be put out of the synagogue, for they loved the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. After Jesus had said to the crowd, believe in the light, lest the darkness overtake you, he went away and hid himself from the crowd. This crowd had seen many signs and wonders that the Lord himself worked, but they did not believe in him. And the text states that this fulfills the word spoken by Isaiah that says the Lord who has believed what he has heard from us and to whom the arm has been of the Lord has been revealed. And the crowd saw many things, many wonders performed by Jesus, yet they didn't really see. They heard the teachings of the Lord, yet they could not hear it. They could not perceive it. And therefore they could not believe. Isaiah goes on saying this, he has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts, lest they see with their eyes and understand with their heart and turn, and I would heal them. And we see the, the people of God, at least in this crowd of these Israelites, the Israelites in their rebellion could not see, their hearts were hardened, so they could not see, they could not hear, and they could not turn to the Lord, the one whom would heal them. And we see that this prophecy comes from Isaiah. 
And Isaiah said these things because he saw the very glory of God and he spoke of the Almighty. Uh, please turn with me in your Bibles to Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah chapter 6, uh, verses 1 through 7, and tell us this. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon the throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple, and above him stood the seraphim. Each had six wings, with two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to the other and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, for I am lost. For I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. And one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin atoned for. You see, Isaiah saw the Lord upon his throne, high and lifted up. The train, just, just the train of his robe filled the temple and seraphim flew and stood and called out holy 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 for the lord of hosts is set apart and the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called in the house and this is this is taking place at the temple right where a prophet of the lord sees the very glory of the lord and not just the threshold are shaken, the prophet is as well. This encounter, like others throughout the Bible, leaves the one seeing the Lord terrified. Isaiah cries out, Woe is me, I am lost, for my lips are unclean, and I dwell in the midst of a people with unclean lips. Yet my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Isaiah immediately realized what the angels sung. I just saw a set-apart being. And I'm going to die. I'm a goner. He was going to die. Yet, it goes on, a seraphim flew over. I like how the angel actually had to grab that coal with tongs. He didn't just grab it, but he had well, safety first, right? <laughs> he, he brings it over, this burning coal, and touches Isaiah's lips with it. And said, Behold, this has touched your lips, and your guilt is taken away. Your sin is atoned for. From this, from this calling, from this experience, Isaiah was changed forever. He saw the glory of the Lord of hosts and he spoke of him. And that made me think of what, what do we glory in? What do we hold in our hearts? What, what captivates our attention? Because when we answer that, that is what our life will be about. 
know, the text in John goes on saying this, nevertheless, many, even of the authorities, believed in him, but for the fear of the Pharisees, they did not confess it so that they would not be put out of the synagogue. For they love the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. We have heard of this group from time to time in the Gospel of John. Uh, we first hear of them when Nicodemus comes in John 3. Uh, he says this, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. And we, we understand that there's a group behind Nicodemus. There's a group of the leadership that definitely believe this, that Jesus is from God. They saw what he was doing and they, they knew that for a fact. And only once, as I, as I was kind of looking back in the Gospel of John, only once do they seem to gain any kind of confidence and speak out. It's when the blind man is healed, there is actually division in the ranks of the leadership for a verse in 9.16. And then I thought of Jairus. Uh, he's actually a leader of a synagogue, and he goes to Jesus because his daughter is dying. But we never hear of what happened to him. Uh, maybe he was excommunicated um, because of that. So the leaders were like, well, never mind. We won't, we won't say anything else. But either way, it, it didn't last. Now this verse sums it up well. They did not want to lose their position in life. They did not want to lose their community. See, the synagogue was the only community. So they believed in the Lord personally, but because of their fear, they did not confess it. They loved the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. And what does man, what does man give us? What does man give us that God can't outgive later, right? Well, I think that's the problem right there is that, well, everything that man gives us is physically in front of us right away, right? You know, there's community here. There's purpose here. There's mission here. So we invest in it. It's easily treasured because it's fulfillment now. It's right now. But what God gives us True life, eternal life, community with the Trinity, fellowship with fellow saints, purpose in knowing God, and more and more that we could list off for, yeah, forever, or the next 20 minutes. <laughs> now, with this, we see that, you know, the physical is, yes, fulfilling now. But it's only a temporal thing. It will pass away, but God will not. His glory will not. His promise, his dwellings are forevermore. Now please turn your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 6. Verses 19 and 21, uh, Jesus says this. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. 
For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now here upon <coughs> the earth, our treasures get old. They wear out, they rust, they get destroyed, even stolen. But our treasure in heaven it doesn't get old. It doesn't wear out. It can't rust and, and no one can break in and get to it because it's with God. It's, it is. Our treasure should be God. We should glory in him. We should trust in him. Now this matters today as much as it mattered when those leaders who believed in him and said nothing. You know, it, it changes our life. What we treasure greatly affects us now. So what do we treasure in? Glory from the world or glory from God? Because in the Lord we have so much more than what the world could ever give us. And Paul writes this in Ephesians. Blessed be the God and our Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved in him we have redemption through his blood and forgiveness of our trespasses according to the richness of his grace which he has lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose which he has set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have obtained inheritance having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. And then Paul switches and says, In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. The world can't offer us any of that. The world is bankrupt spiritually. So let us trust God. Let us glory in God. Let us give glory to God and treasure him above all things. Well, please turn your Bibles with me to John chapter 12. I will read verses 44 through 50. John records this. And Jesus cried out and said, Whoever believes in me, believes not in me, but in him who sent me. And whoever sees me, sees him who sent me. I have come into the world as the light so that whoever believes in me shall not remain in darkness. If anyone hears my word and does not keep them, I do not judge him. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. 
The one who rejects me does not receive my words as a judge. The word that I have spoken will judge him on the last day. For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who has sent me has himself given me a commandment, what to say and what to speak. So I know that his commandment is eternal life. What I say, therefore, I say as the Father has told me. And this passage tells us of the light of the Son of Man. It tells us of the blindness of the crowd. And now Jesus calls out that people would hear, that people would know. And this is why Christianity is about proclaiming. And we are to go tell it on a mountain that Jesus Christ has been born. So that all would know, you know, our, uh, looking at that, you know, our God is a proclaiming God. He speaks and it happens his word does not return to him void. All of creation was actually spoken into existence by his word. So we proclaim him by speaking his word, by preaching his word, by opening up his word and being in it throughout our daily lives. Jesus says this, whoever believes in me believes not in me, but he who sent me. The Lord is telling those that have come to believe in him actually believe in him who has sent the Son. They have believed in the Father. They have believed in God. They have believed in what God has revealed about himself through the Son. Jesus goes on saying, I have come into the world as a light so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness now, this is the truth. Jesus is the true light come into the world so that humanity may see. And those that believe in him will not remain in darkness. Now, the truth is, is that the world is in darkness apart from God. This world is lost and unable to see clearly because it has no source of light. Well, this is the light. Jesus is the light that comes to shine upon humanity and we can either accept him or reject him. Now the Lord goes on, if anyone hears my words and does not keep them, I do not judge him. For I did not come to the world to judge, come to judge the world, but to save the world. You know, Jesus cries out, the light is here, salvation is here. Know that you are loved and that you are purposed. He comes not to judge the world, not yet, but comes to offer salvation to the whole world. And Jesus says this next, the one who rejects me does not, and does not receive my world has a judge, my words, has a judge. The word that I have spoken will judge them on the last day. I think of most judges, I think of disappointing looks and shame on you, young boy, or, you know, I... Finger pointing, right? <laughs> you know, but I don't see that here. I see a, a loving Savior calling out, saying this is what's going to happen, is that the crystal clear words of Jesus will judge you. You will see what was there. It will judge you because you will stand there in the weight of your own sins, but you will know beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus had paid it all, but it was not accepted 
Now Jesus ends for this, for I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me has himself given me a commandment at what to say and what to speak, and I know that his commandment is eternal life. What I say, therefore, I say as the Father has told me. And Jesus points to the Father, to the one who has sent him. His authority is not of his own, no, his authority is of the Father. They are one and the same. Now, this is a claim of Christ again and again throughout the Gospels, actually going all the way back to John 5. We can see that it's actually the claim that the Pharisees really started thinking about killing him because Jesus came not to just show a way or to speak of God. No, he came as the way and he speaks with God's authority because he is God. He is the Savior come to speak to us, to show us the way of eternal life it is by believing upon the Son and resting in him and trusting in him on what he has done upon the cross. You know, the word that was in the beginning with God, who is God, came here and took on flesh and dwelt with us. He is our Emmanuel, God with us, showing us the glory of God, showing us grace and truth. You know, 1 John chapter 4 says this, the apostle that wrote this gospel, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life, the life which was made manifest, we have seen it and testified to it and proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen, which we have heard, we proclaim also to you, so that you may have fellowship with us, and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. Now, this is what Christianity is all about. That which is from the beginning, the word, that which the apostles heard, they saw, they looked upon, they touched, it is the word of life made manifest, which took on flesh and dwelt here. They saw, they knew, and they tell of eternal life, which is from the Father. You know, the Son came, so they proclaim, so that all will have fellowship, and that extends all the way from the apostles to today. That humanity would know that the light has come and that all would be saved. That one day we will all stand before God and we will stand alone or we will stand with someone beside us. Now that day will come, judgment day will come and, and God will judge all things. Humanity will be judged by Jesus. For he is the one that has formed and framed us. He is the one that upholds this world. He is the one that brings this world back to himself. And he is also the one that holds this world to account about what it has done. For he is God. He is our hope and stay. What we have seen today is that the light has come. And the true light shines. And that light is from God and it is God. 
The light is Jesus. A good church answer. With grace and truth, the Lord comes to bring humanity to himself. But we see that humanity is blind, that humanity can't see what is before them. So the message must go out to the world that the world would see the light and believe that people would not live in darkness, but live in the light. So what does this all mean? Well, it means we know what is true. Jesus is that true light. Who he is and what he has done changes the world and it changes us. There is light that we can see by. And we can see this, that the world is blind, that the world is walking in darkness, and that they need to come to believe in the Messiah, that the light would bring them out of that darkness. So how do we apply that in today's world? Well, in Jesus, we have light. And we can know this. I love this in, in John 1, 5. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And later in John, John 16, he says, I have overcome the world. And Jesus overcomes the world. Even as we look out at our world, at our nation, at, at our struggles in life, as we see evil rise up, we understand this, that our Messiah, our Savior has come, that he is the light and he will not be overcome. In him we are new creations in Christ. We are created for good works, that we would walk in them, Ephesians 2.10. And then we are to tell the world of our hope in Christ alone. Paul says this in 2 Corinthians Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God. It's a good statement. All this is from God. Who through Christ reconciled to us himself all things. Sorry, reconciled to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors of Christ. God making his appeal through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And that's 2 Corinthians five seventeen through 21. All this grace, all this mercy we have from God. I love that. All this is from God. We are made new and we are given a ministry. Did you know you had a ministry? You all have a ministry. A ministry of reconciliation. That, that peace is found between man and God and Christ upon the cross. This is the message that we all need, right? Like we all need that application daily is this is this is who I am. This is what my God has done for me. And then we can go throughout our day, no matter what we are doing, that we take hope upon the finished work of Christ. That for our sake, God made Christ sin. God imputed. God ascribed our wrongs, our sins, 
our thoughts, our deeds to Christ. It was all put upon him and then put to death at the cross. And then even more cool is that God took Christ's righteousness and imputed and ascribed it to us. So your, your bank account isn't just zeroed out, it's actually blessed beyond all measure. And you can go back to those verses in Ephesians. This is what Martin Luther termed the great exchange. This is the light coming to bring humanity out of darkness back home by believing in the Messiah who has come to take our place and give us so much. Now let's close in a word of prayer. Oh, Father God, we thank you for your amazing grace. We thank you that we are new creations in Christ and that all of this is from God and we can rejoice in that. We can apply that to life. We can know beyond a shadow of a doubt we are loved by the King. We are purposed. And no matter where we are in life, no matter what we are struggling with, we have hope in Christ Jesus. And we have a ministry. We have this opportunity to go tell it on a mountain, to go let people know that Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, God who took upon flesh, the life made manifest is here for us. And then help us understand that we are also dealing with a blind world, a misled world, a world that is full of darkness, but a world that desperately needs this truth. That the Messiah has died for them. Lord God, I just thank you for today. Thank you for everyone that's here. Thank you for those that might be listening on audio later or listening to that on Facebook. You would just be with them, bless them, encourage them, Lord, that we would go through this next week looking to point to you, looking to go tell it on a mountain, if we find somebody up there, but that we would live our life before you and be about you, that we would glory in you, that we would be intent about you that we would be like Isaiah knowing that we are in utter ruin before a holy and blameless God but you atoned for our sin and paid it all it is finished that we would rest in that and that we would tell others and Father thank you for today thank you for your word. I just pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.